<laughs> Look out to the My Age podcast. What's happening? It's Joel. Uh, thanks for coming back. Sorry for the delay. Um, two weeks in LA slash Vegas kind of threw everything into chaos and I thought I could get it done, but I couldn't. And so I've just been playing catch up for the last couple of weeks, but um, it's neither heather nor thither. Um, punk rock bowling. Look, if you are remotely inclined for that kind of music, which chances are you listen to this, you probably are. Um, it's a fucking wild time. It's one of the most amazing set. Like, I was blown away with how amazing the actual, the whole thing played out. The ease of which you could just get around to venues and the way they had all the shit locked down and this just the simplicity of it all. Like, hotel here, venues, venues all within walking distance, main venue within stumbling distance. Um, I guess the only real bummer... Well, there was two big. There was two bummers. One for me. One was um, the very first night we were there uh, in Vegas. We pulled up and did our thing and got checked in or whatever. And we we had t- we the bunch of us that were there. Um, shout out Paul Miller, David Macbeth, Todd Pearson, and of course Nate Lewitt from High Fives Podcast, and then um, Stu from the yeah yeah from bands Stu from bands and helmet from bands as well um we all caught up and we meant to go see drug church pennywise sick of it all and a couple of other bands that i can't think of off the top of my head um the bull weevils and then this and jfa that's right so like okay cool so drug church starts at 6 30 it's five past six it'll take me 15 minutes to get to the venue i'll cruise in it will be perfect and as I'm grabbing my wallet and whatever, I hear Drug Church playing in the distance. I was like, you motherfuckers. They pushed the festival, the, just the set times on that particular day, like on that particular show forward a bit. And I caught the last two songs. I was fucking pretty devastated. Um, luckily, I got to see them the next day. Uh, they were one of those, they were the only band to actually do a sideshow and a normal, actually I shouldn't say that. Oh no, no, yeah, no. They were one of the only bands to do a sideshow and a um, and play at the actual festival. So that was fucking great. That was yeah, it was great to see them. Their cheer was my favourite album of last year. It's I think it's um it's flawless. It's you know it's pretty fucking darn good. Um, hope to see those guys down. I think we spoke to them and I think the chances of them getting down this year are slim to none. And I think they're looking at twenty twenty, which is fine. You know, I'll wait. I'm not going anywhere. Um, and the other bummer was with the festival that between the two stages, it was a you know it was a few minutes walk, but like not much. But the time they were so militant with bands stopping and starting that if you you if you had two bands playing after each other that you wanted to see, you'd definitely miss the start or the end of a band because it's just the way it panned out. Anyhow, it, like it was fucking great. Otherwise, the food was fantastic. If you're ever in downtown Vegas. Um, there is a spot called Nacho Daddy. Um, the vegan, the, the, the meals looked unbelievable. The vegan menu was fucking phenomenal. Um, we ate there three out of four nights that we were there. We, as in me, and I had stragglers, kind of people, kind of come and go. But um, it was unbelievable. Uh, so there, that's that. Um, what else is there? Uh, fuck! It's just a. It's been a whirlwind. Um, today's guest, Nikki Bruin from Pagan. Um, you probably heard of Pagan before. There, you should have. Like, I'd, I'd be surprised if you haven't. If you're Australian, um, 
I knew nothing about Nikki. I've never met her. I'd never met her before. And thanks to Trade, big shout out to Trade from uh, Crowbar and all the other artistic avenues he kind of pursues, as well as all the women and I guess the, the guys there too at um, at Deathproof PR. Uh, thanks for hooking this one up. Um, Nikki was Nikki's unbelievable, like un, absolutely unbelievable. And you know, not that I ever had any kind of major presence in the the live scene, whatever, as in like a defining force. I was always a guy that was kind of there, but in the background. Um, but look, like talking to Nikki, I just think, and seeing her perform and stuff, I just think, you know what, like the future of live music in Australia, at least with like under the punk and hardcore umbrella is definitely in great slash safe hands because um, yeah, she and the everyone in Pagan doing fantastic things and everyone that kind of that's coming up in that scene is just doing unbelievable things and it's yeah, it's just really positive. So I guess with that, yeah, look, um, send us feedback. You know, thanks for everybody who slipped us a dollar or, or what, however much. Um, again, it's always it's always appreciated. If and you know the basic vibe of this, if this is your first time listening, um, I do this all for free off well at, at a loss actually. Um, <clears throat> out of my own pocket but that's what it is because I don't really have band prac anymore because I don't really play in bands as much anymore though that's all changing so what's this space but um you know the money I would put in I would put into band prac and tour and you know petrol and blah 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 restringing and all that kind of shit um I've kind of diverted to put towards into doing this podcast because I just really like doing it and you know from the feedback I get people like listening to it which is unreal so but um, I'm not ashamed to ask. Like, if you want to, if you, like, I'll, I'll, it's always going to be free. But if you think this is worth a dollar or two dollars, five, ten, whatever, um, <clears throat> part of me, feel free to send the money, send some money to PayPal.me. Sorry, if you go to PayPal.me/slash/myagepodcast, um, it's a really easy link to type in, and you just punch your details in, and it sends me money, and that all go towards goes towards hosting and the website and all the crud that goes along with it um someone's really keen to get to me so i'm sorry if you can hear that binging in the background um yeah so thanks for listening again really appreciate it first time listener welcome long time listener thanks again for coming back uh what else hopefully you saw you may not have seen it with the help of dave Immers, and i know he doesn't like the shout out but i'm going to do it anyhow because he deserves it uh, who was guest twenty guest on episode twenty seven? Um, I did a rage, like ABC rage rip off um, logo of my age. I put a description there, so it's probably not worth me repeating it. But the general gist is like, and it comes up in it comes up in this episode, and just about every single Australian person that I talked to, you know, rage was a massive part of their life, um, and. It's not really a political thing, but it just the more I think of it, the more like the more you know you hear about budget cuts at ABC. They probably won't cut Rage because it's you know it's not very uh, it's, it wouldn't be expensive to kind of run and operate or whatever. But like it would be a shame if it got lost, and especially in a day, well, and it probably will because in a day of like YouTube where every film clip is kind of at the drop of a hat, it probably you know it might become redundant and it, you know not worth it. But whatever. It's influenced me and a fuckload of other people. And I saw that by the response that I got when I posted the actual image. So I'll probably make stickers or something. Um, I don't know. It's just really cool. And I'm, I fucking love the design. And it's a classic logo. And, it, you know, I was lucky enough that I could make some kind of 
rip-off design work, if that makes sense. Hopefully it does. Anyhow, episode 32, um, Nikki Bruin, Pagan. Oh, actually, before I go on, um, if you go to my Facebook, you'll see a post about um, some gear that got stolen when Pagan came back from uh, the, the last European tour, which is the one we talk about in the, in the episode. Um, <clears throat> the bass player's car got broken into and a bass was stolen. And I don't know if there was much more other than a bass, but they have a pretty iconic logo of a, um, upside down, an inverted cross that kind of is also a candle. It's really cool. Um, it's on the cover of all their artwork and um, it's a LED design thing that is worth really nothing to anybody else but would yeah, unless you're a super fan but if you're a super fan you'd think you'd give it back if you had it um, so if you know if you keep have a look at the post um, yeah Dan their bass player shared it and it's, it's posted and it's been shared hundreds of times by now I'd say um, I don't think at the moment the bass or the sign has come back so look if you're in Melbourne or just, you know, even if you're not in Melbourne, but you hear, you read someone on the internet in one of the weird dark corners of it, found like came across this sign. Um, yeah, it belongs to Pagan, so hit them up and make sure, you know, kind of that all happens. Gets back to the right finders. Um, I lined up a cool, a bunch of cool podcasts when I was over in the US. Did one, I, I was hopefully hoping to get to do part two with um, Ephraim from Death by Stereo, but look if you, and i thought the you know, naively thought yeah that wouldn't be a problem at all um and then you actually get to punk rock bowling and you realize how fucking chaotic it can be and how much sleep you don't have and then add to that Ephraim was actually working one of the stages um so he you know he he was busy all the time which is fair enough so hopefully we'll organize that one um uh, a part two via skype um and i actually did a, a uh, podcast i was a guest on the High Fives podcast, Nate and Mike, well, Nate from High Fives podcast uh, did an interview with me. Um, we had a chat. Oh, there was some, oh, I, I went on tangents. Oh, there were some tangents. Oh, um, and that should be coming out soon, but I don't think he's in a hurry to get it out because it's, you know, there's a lot of editing because we go on a many a tangent. Um, but yeah, Nate was episode five. Mike was episode one, I'm pretty sure. Um so go back and check that out and check out the High Fives podcast if you're that way inclined because it's fucking great it's fun and it's it's a fantastic and crucial source of new music for me like it's one of the only places nowadays one of the two real places nowadays where I can tap into or you know get hand delivered new music that um definitely wouldn't have been on my radar otherwise so there's that um cool let's babble let's let's talk more more conversation, I guess, not more rock. Well, a bit of rock as well. Yeah, enjoy the episode. Um, stay safe. Kill. All right, My Age Podcast, episode number 32. And I've got, look, a front woman who's been taking Australia and, as it turns out, the war by storm. Um, Nikki Bruman from Pagan, what's going on? Yeah, oh, thank you. That's such a lovely introduction. <laughs> That's, what That's what I'm here That's for. It's so nice of you. <laughs> so, um, you haven't heard the podcast before? That's cool. We'll just, you know, you get the general gist, but um, tell us about, your, I guess, the, the early years of Nikki. Well, the early years of Nikki, like the very, very early years when I was like a very young Take it right child. Back. Yep. Um, when I was, you know, three to five-ish, I would say my... I grew up in Mornington, like in a okay. very, like, um, 
somewhat conservative area. Like it wasn't, it was just very middle class, pretty conservative. Like Mornington's a very white area too, like no multiculturalism, like lots of closed-minded people there too. For people who don't know, pardon me, what is your background? My, like my... Like your heritage. My heritage. Well, my father is Slovenian. Okay. And my mother is just Aussie. White breed. Like her ancestors would have been like, the convict. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that um, yeah. Embarrassingly yeah. enough. My dad is, he moved from Slovenia to Australia. He escaped World War Two. Wow. He he had a marriage before my mum. That's why he's like a lot older. Okay. Because I'm only 31. Um, so my dad, he was like being a strict Eastern European guy who grew up in that time, like he was really, really conservative. But he also, like it was this weird thing that he didn't really fit in in Mornington because of the real like middle-class white thing there. So he was, he always felt like a real outsider. Um, And as a result, he kind of like had a lot of, I don't know, a lot of demons, I'll say. Even though in theory... On paper, his, I guess, his way of life and the the locals' way of life would have been on the same page. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. But he always felt really alien. Yeah. And therefore, yeah, he had lots of demons. He was a bit of an angry person. And he, I as, like, because of all of that, I never felt like I fit in with my family. Okay. Ever. And I, luckily, I have a twin sister. So oh, wow. we were always together, like, with everything. Yep. And we had to share a room. Like, our house wasn't big enough for us to have our own room. So, like, my twin sister and I shared a room growing up. And we were really lucky because we had each other. Yeah. Like, being as young as, like, five, I never realised I didn't fit in with my family, though. I always just thought, oh, my family are a bit weird. And I don't really like my friends coming over to my house because my parents are really dysfunctional. Okay. And they don't like each other. They haven't slept in the same bed since I was, like seven years old, like like yeah, weird, okay. like non-conventional things like that. Without sounding too personal, yeah. did they not split up for you guys or was it more of a cultural no. thing that they didn't get divorced? Yeah, it was It was not for us, definitely, okay. because of the, the way they both behaved towards each other in front of us. It was definitely because they, like I don't know this for sure, but my understanding of like unraveling like the psychology behind it it was definitely because they just were comfortable in the situation of even being so uncomfortable with each other they were just comfortable with the living situation of being in the same house it just worked not having to go through the financial stuff yeah okay um and they like when i was young they had like quite a few friends that they invited like dinner parties and things like that and i remember them like listening to to like lots of pop music when okay. I was a kid and yep. like my sister and I we would like dress up as like you know Madonna or something from my mum's old wardrobe because she had all these amazing she was really fashionable when she was younger she kind of lost that <laughs> at her older age but she was really on trendy you. yeah and yeah. like I would dress up in like her clothes and like perform for like all the adults who'd come over. Okay, that's awesome. And yeah, it was always something I loved doing. Like my mum would take me to like calisthenics dance classes when I was like three and then I like grew up doing like all different kinds of dance, like ballet and jazz and tap. But I always loved performing, like even if it was dancing or singing and like dressing up in front of the parents and putting on a show for them. And they were the days like we definitely grew up listening to like Madonna and Michael Jackson and, like, I remember, like, the Ace of Bass and things like, yep. like bands like that. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, like that, that was my early days definitely of being introduced to music was those kind of dinner parties and like the pop music that was really cool at that time. Did you, did your dad have much of a musical bone in his body? Not at all. No. Not like, I, unfortunately, cause I think it would have been really cool to like then go on to tell you right now that like I have this amazing Slovenian knowledge yeah. of like these unobscure Slovenian singers, but he never introduced, oh, actually, no, I lie a little bit. Sorry. We used to, like, when my, when I was a kid, my mum and dad would take us, well, they would force us to go to the Slovenian club, which was okay. in, I'm pretty sure it was in Dandenong at, like, a big, like, um, sort of, like, a reception centre, like, where people would have had weddings and things. Yep. It was at a reception centre and it was the Slovenian club, which was like all the Slovenian people who lived in Melbourne, which yeah. was not many, would go and they would um, like have kind of performances okay. and like you'd eat traditional food and like I hated it. I was, because growing up in Mornington, like it was really like looked down on to be different. Yeah, and I can like I felt really ashamed of my father being Slovenian because okay. people didn't know what Slovenia was. No, they, you yeah, know, you'd absolutely. Say, I'm not. from Slovenia. They would go, "What's that?" Yeah. Or, or I've never heard of Slovakia. Or like, oh, you'd look like a wog, but I don't know what yeah. you are. Not the, like, not the normal wog I'm yeah, used to. Yeah, so. Um, and apologies if that word offends anybody listening. Yes. I don't say it in, like, I don't say that term lightly. It's very it's derogatory, a, yeah. but that's what I would hear. And what you'd cop, yeah. And so we'd go to the Slovenian club and they'd have, like, music, like, imagine the really old school, like, with the... Accordion. Accordion. Yep. yep. <laughs> I was just doing the hand yeah. moves so that Joel knew what I was doing. And I picked up on it. I'm all over it. <laughs> with the accordion and, like, dressed in, like, traditional outfits and... Like, I'm thinking, like, a Lederhosen vibe, but, okay. like, he wasn't German, but that kind of, like, old traditional outfits, like, big skirts with, like, ruffly shirts and yeah. things. So, where's part of my lack of Melbourne geographical knowledge? How far is Dandenong from Mornington um, and then how far is it from Melbourne? Oh, that's, that's testing my knowledge. I'd say it's probably from either way. It's probably about fifty minute drive. So, it's, so it's like it's it's a lot of people. Like, sorry, it's a it's a meeting point for a across a big geographical exactly, area. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, there's there's not many Slovenian okay. immigrants in Australia in general. I wish I knew the number because I've read it before. Okay, like in Melbourne CBD, there's this walkway about like all the immigrants and the number of people right, okay. who live. Um, in Melbourne, and I read it one day. It was such a small number. Do you know why he ended up here? Like, was there a... Um, because I've heard weird stories of... not Weird's not the word I should use, but I've heard interesting stories about people who, who've wanted to immigrate and and confused Austria with Australia. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So like, yeah. I mean, that wasn't... He knew he was coming to Australia, and I think it was because he heard he would make money doing something really obscure. I wish I remembered the story because it's really interesting. Okay. And he has this story about escaping the war and riding his bike for two days straight and only eating apples off trees when he was escaping and he had to swim over this river and then like these he passed out and these German girls found him and he woke up in like a like a shed and then he it's, got on a boat and came to Australia. It sounds like a parallel story to um, the sound of music. Like yeah, that's what I'm Totally yeah. like that kind yeah. of like yeah like really crazy that like my father like he's not my grandfather, he's my father went yeah. through that. Yeah. And then he came to Australia, he was looking for work and yeah, I the rest of it's a bit hazy. That's but fair enough. Yeah. Um uh, so 
yeah, the, the, the short of it, I don't know much Slovenian music, but I do remember listening to some when I was so it growing was around. up. Yeah, yeah cool. and I, I hated it. I was so embarrassed. I thought it was so daggy. Right now, I think it's really cool. Yeah. But yeah. growing yeah. up in Mornington, it just wasn't, wasn't something yeah. that was looked at as interesting or cool yeah. or, or was not accepted at all. Yeah. Or I guess, yeah, it's, it's absolutely would be the kind of thing that you'd kind of sweep under the rug and, like, just not tell anybody about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, so what we try to do is pick a song that kind of sums up that era. Mm-hmm. So have you got anything that kind of, like, you can pinpoint and go, this is, like, is it a Madonna song or is it something similar to that? Like, and you'd be like, this is what Oh, a 100%. Like, a 100%. It's Madonna like a virgin. Awesome. What, what was it, actually, what was it about this? Like, was it, it like, just... that song, was it, like, the film clip or... Yeah, 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 like the... Because you would have been in an age where rage was a thing. Yeah. Like getting up and watching rage. Like that seems to be a really, especially with my Australian guest, that's a really big continuum. Like a lot of people were, like would get up at the crack crack of dawn and watch rage. Oh, that was my whole childhood. Exactly. Like watching, like they'd have like the countdown thing with all the singles that were like number one that week. Yep. And that was such a thing in my upbringing. Yeah. Um, and, like, I was born in, like, 1988, yep. so it was, like, very big to, like, watch Rage in the 90s. Yeah, in my young, was. like, you know, being five years old or whatever. But um, I remember my mum owned Madonna's Immaculate Collection. Collection. Yep. And because of that, like, I had, like, a big, like, knowledge of, like, lots of her different albums and eras. As great as hits goes, like, that's up it's, there. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And she owned... What's the one with the bluish cover? Is it Like a Virgin? I think it might be Like a Virgin. Um, And, like, looking at Madonna's outfits, like, my mum actually owned really similar outfits to her. So she had, like, a red pleather, like, skirt and, like, these amazing bustiers with, like, encrusted with, like, jewels. Okay. Like, really, like, you know, Madonna used to, like, a pointy boob outfit that was phenomenal. Yeah. She had, like, a similar corset thing, like, not with the big pointy boobs, but really similar shape. And, like, my sisters and I would, like, wear those kind of outfits and, like, do our dances. Like, awesome. a little bit weird, you know, little girls dressing like that, but it was, you know, just us dancing and having fun. Like, yeah, it was very it was, cute. It was normal. Yeah, it like, yeah and, like, um, when yeah. I hear Madonna now, like, it's so nostalgic. Yeah. Like, I, I love Madonna. People, lots of people don't like her because she always turns up, like, five hours late to shows, which I don't really think is that cool, but no. I love her. Yeah. She is the queen.
So, like, besides, like, Rage and your mum, where was the next evolution of getting music from? Like, were, were there... Like, you've got a twin sister, but are there any other siblings? There is... I have another sibling who I'm not as close with. Okay. Um, but we all got very, very into... Because of having that kind of poppy upbringing of, like, Michael Jackson. Yep. I know that's very topical right now. No, it's... I grew up listening yeah, to so him. Yeah, so did I. I think I think um, Dangerous you know. was one of the first albums I ever bought. Likewise, yeah. likewise, and um, Madonna and like you know all those like greats, then and like Prince as well, and then um, like Spice Girls came about. Yep, absolutely. And Spice Girls were like I can say, I love them. I still love them. Yep. They were the first real like fan feeling I had. Okay. Yep. Like as much as I loved like Madonna and stuff, I didn't ever feel like a super fan. Yeah. But with Spice Girls, I was their biggest fan. Like you, so when anyone, they hit, you would have been about that. when they hit, you would have been about ten-ish. I would say yeah. like yeah, between like eight to ten, I would yeah. say. And I was like. Obsessed. Like, yeah. I would, my older sister, like, not my twin sister, my older sister, yep. she was an amazing sewer. Okay. Like, even at, like, a young age. And she sewed, I think I was about 10, and so she would have been, like, about 12. Yep. And she sewed me, like, scary spices, like, zebra outfit. Unreal. With, like, the, and, like, I did, like, the horns. Like, yep. she wore these, like, horns on her head. Yep. And I remember, That's like... It's bizarre that I know all this, but Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, because their fashion is amazing. Yeah. And my twin sister wore, like, the Union Jack Jerry dress. Jerry Spice, yep. She was ginger and I was scary. Yep. And I, like... You is, know, I went to a party yeah. and, like, my twin sister and I were dressed like that. Our costumes, like, just, like, tore everybody else's just costumes. Blew them out of the water. <laughs> and I was just like, I am the biggest fan. Like, yeah, cool. I, and I've always been like that with music. Like, I've always been so... There's nothing half-assed about it. Nothing half-assed. Like, in. I know who I am so much because of music and I just know if I like something, I don't care if other people don't like yeah. it. I love it. No such thing as a guilty pleasure. Yeah, but that's yeah. why, like, flaky people annoy me so much. Like, people who are, like, a bit try-hard with what they like or they just like it because this yeah. person likes yeah. it. I'm always like, I don't respect that mentality. Yeah. Like, think for yourself. It doesn't matter if other people don't like it. If you like it... That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. and, like, to be a big fan of something, like... If you're so authentically a big fan of it, like, that's so fucking cool, like... So what was it about Scary Spice that you kind of aligned with? Was it they? Was it the, uh, the outrageousness of yeah, it all? Yeah, the animal like, print, yeah. the... Oh, I don't, actually don't know why I picked her, but okay. I think it was the costume. Okay, fair And enough. that yep. she was kind of, like, the real badass one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even though I was, like, a pretty, like timid like goody two-shoes little girl i just loved her and it's funny now that i do like crazy like performing and like i am like it's no wonder i liked her the most yeah she was like the most out there rebellious one and yep. like i see that a little bit of that in myself just today even after 20 years <laughs> later yeah. yeah that's fantastic so what else what else was in music music was like and how were you getting it being about 10 years old it like, was I think, like, on definitely Rage. Yep. But I think, because at that time we, my family, like, a little bit personal, um, but my my father went bankrupt. So this was before he went bankrupt. We had Foxtel. Okay. So, um, so you know, I've, I've lived the best of both worlds. <laughs> Just great. Yep. Um, so we had Foxtel and it was like on channel v or whatever all the time Constantly. yeah so I, w I would just watch their videos repeatedly and like buy like 
magazines, like they were in like all the little kids, like Dolly and Smash Hits, exactly, like the music mags. I became really infatuated and like would stick their posters up on my walls and like, you know, dance with all my friends to them. And like I remember my group of friends that I'm still friends with today, which is just lovely that we kept in touch. But my group of like primary school friends... We'd, um, we actually, like, did performances at, like, assemblies and school camps and stuff Fantastic. as well. Like, we were the diehard Spice Girl yeah. fans. Is there a Spice Girl song that would be, like, like again, yeah. is the pinpoint? Or is there a different band or...? I think my favourite Spice Girl song for the video clip, okay. because they're all dressed the best in this one, I would say um, it's Say You'll Be There. I know the song, but I can't yeah. think of the film clip. Yeah. Awesome. It's like a, it's, I, well, I hope I'm saying the right video clip. It's like in a desert, kind of. And it's incredible. Okay. If, I'm, if I'm thinking of the wrong song, it's going to be a bit embarrassing. That's cool. It's been a few years since oh, I've I can imagine. watched it. Yeah. But yeah, it's the best. Sick.
So you kind of came up at a time where, well, sorry, you would have been kind of aware of music, like heavily aware of music when like the pop punk slash, you know, well, you, you might have missed the alternate, like the grunge way, but like you would have been at an age where you re- like you saw like pop punk stuff. Was that a big part of your life or were you still? You know, pop punk, I never, oh, actually, no, like Good Charlotte, well, like yeah, one okay. of the first like yep. punky alternative bands that I liked. And, you know, people, like a lot of people don't like Good Charlotte and I completely understand. They are probably the definition of a sellout band. Yeah. But okay. their first album, it actually was a punk, like a pop punk album. Yeah. You know, like now they're like a pop band. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they, uh, yeah. they are, they actually, like, whatever they are now, they actually were a real band when they started. They weren't like a manufactured band. They were a group of Absolutely. friends who started yeah. the band. And their first album, I actually really like it. I Was think that really good. Lifestyles Rich and Famous? No, no, no. It's the one before that. It's, okay. um, I think it might just be self-titled, but it's got, like, little things on oh, it Oh, okay, I can... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that when they did Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, they became a bit, a bit you weird. know, controversial. Okay, yeah. So they started dating Nicole Richie Oh, and that's right. They got into that. But, yeah. like, you know, they became a bit Hollywood. Life but imitated before art. that, they, they had, like, those, you know, like, more pop-punk thing. Yeah. And when I was 14, like, or 13, 14, my twin sister and I just, you know didn't fit in with our family we 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 just like you know we I had lots of friends at high school but we always dressed a bit different and we started discovering like punk music yep I remember discovering the sex pistols okay. um, my uncle is really into punk rock and he was vegan I think he owned like the first vegan restaurant in Melbourne it was wow. called wild rice in St Kilda um, and he, he's always been very alternative. I take it as on your mother's side. On my mother's yeah, side, yeah. exactly. I haven't ever met my father's family, unfortunately. I haven't okay. gone to Slovenia yet, but I will. Yep. Um, and he, um, like, very much taught my twin sister and I, like, a lot of awesome music. Yeah, cool. And, you know, we just became obsessed with punk and would like get home from school, lock ourselves in our room and just listen to we uh, listened to like CDs at that yep. time because they were very cool to have CDs yeah. at that time. We didn't have a record player. Oh actually I did get a record player when I was like 16. Yeah. But before that I would just listen to um CDs on repeat, full ball, like our pe- my parents got so mad like like literally I remember there was a day when they threw the CDs off the balcony. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, and back in like early two thousands, CDs aren't cheap. Oh no, yeah. exactly. And I And especially being fourteen years old. Oh when you make like, maybe five bucks an and hour. It was devastating. Yeah. Like our wall, like our floor to ceiling covered in posters. Even the ceiling covered in posters. You could yeah. not see a bit of wall, like dress, like we just got like op shop clothes and like write on them and like my twin sister shaved half of her head off and got like, you know, like into so much trouble, she got detention for it. Like we detention were, for shaving a head, half of her head, because I went to like a Catholic school. Oh right, okay. Yeah, they're you? very very conservative. Okay, and uh, like I found, like I discovered, I'd finally discovered who I was. Yep. Because I never felt like I quite fit in in Mornington. I never felt like I fit in in my family. My twin sister and I knew that we had, like, this amazing connection. We are best friends. Yeah. And then we found this music and we realised, like, that that's who we are. Like, yeah. we are 
people who love this lifestyle and my my mum and dad just hated it. They yeah. just despised the sound of it. They would, like, put, like, you know, they'll just say that they found it disgusting and, like, all kinds of words like that. And we'd walk down the street in Mornington and, like, people would, like, toot their horns and, like, yeah, like, oh, fucking Avril Lavigne and stuff like that because we were dressed like little punks. Yeah. And we were we really were, like, the first people in that town to kind of, like... Go for embrace it. Embrace that culture. Yeah. And, like, I never stopped doing it because I finally been Like, I finally was happy in who I was. And yeah. it's amazing that music can do that to you. Absolutely. And it's, like, I'm really, like... I wasn't incredibly close with my sister growing up. Not that my sister's a twin, but I was never incredibly close with my sister growing up. But I love the, the concept of, like, you guys shared... A similar experience. Not that it's the best experience, like because no one wants to feel like they don't belong. No, but, but like the two of you experienced it yeah, together. Yeah, like, so lucky, so so lucky. Mm. And the other thing we we're lucky about in Mornington, sort of like about two two years after we discovered punk, and like you know we started getting into like new metal and heavy metal and hardcore and metalcore and like garage rock like yep. all these amazing streams off the punk music. yeah umbrella yeah umbrella um our like a few like guys we went to high school with they started forming bands okay and growing growing up in mornington there's a town it's probably like a 15 20 minute drive from mornington it's called somerville and in somerville there was this really um popular in like the alternative music scene this popular music venue called mechanics hall so, like, every weekend my parents would drive, my twin sister and I, they have to, like, all ages hardcore cool. and metalcore shows. Wow. And it was just awesome because it was pretty accessible. Like, yeah. growing, like Mornington's, like, an hour drive from the CBD, which isn't too far, but it's when far enough when you're 14. Yeah, you don't have a license. Yeah. And then, other, like, otherwise we would, like, get the train. If it was, like, a day show, we'd get the train to the city and, like, be able to watch a band. Yep. like. And it was just awesome because there were a few kids in our high school who, like, became, like, like they they got into, like, similar music. Yeah, so cool. we had kind of, like, this small clique who would, like, go to shows in the city. And um, back then I feel like there was, like, a lot more of, like, an all-age vibe, like, an all-age thing than yeah, there is now. Like, it's absolutely. a bit unfortunate. I don't hear as much of all-ages shows, which bums me out a little bit. Yeah. I know that... There might, uh, I'd like to say there might be because it's kind of romantic to think someone's still flying the flag yeah. or whatever. But like I remember when I was playing in bands, like heavily playing in bands like 10-ish years ago. Yeah. Like we do, like at least, like if we, you know, if we toured to Melbourne, at least one of the three shows we do in Melbourne would be an all-age show. Yeah. Like without fail. Nowadays. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, nowadays I, I just, I look at, you, you know, you look at, like, bands touring, you go, no all-age stuff. It's just not as common. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I probably have myself partially to blame for that too. Like, I could push yeah. for it. But, yeah, it's, like, a, it's a little bit unfortunate that it's not as common. Because yeah. I found so many bands through doing that and yeah. became so immersed in the scene. Um, but, yeah, the the music that I was listening to in those years was definitely, like... Sex Pistols and, like, Rancid and, like, you know, like, a lot of punk bands like that. But then also, like, I got very into, like, Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs and the White Stripes. Yep. But then at the same time, I was really into, like, Murder Dolls and Static X and Corn. Like, yep. I was just... And Marilyn Manson, like, just such a big 
range of heavy. And you knew music. you knew they were different, like from oh, different yeah. worlds. Yeah, yeah, you, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, like, cool. but I just loved music so much. I just want to explore every different avenue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the like. Definitely, I would say Sex Pistols is like the band of that era yeah. for me. Was there a particular song that stands out? Um, I get like maybe Anarchy in the okay. UK. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and you can't beat the classics. Yeah, right there. exactly. Classics for a reason. <laughs> See you 
So did you ever think in an early age that becoming a front woman was something that you could do? Because especially in punk rock, like, well, sorry, I shouldn't say especially in punk rock, but like that's my quote-unquote forte and there's not a whole lot. And in new metal, there's not a whole lot. And like in all that, con- you know, there's there's just not heaps. I guess in garage rock and that kind of thing, there is a lot more. There's a lot more women, but still they're outnumbered. You know, probably six to one or something yeah. like that. Like, did you think from early age, like I can do this and this is what I can do, or was it was there an aha moment where where it kind of all happened? No, you're everything you're saying resonates with me so much and I yeah. agree with so much. Growing up in Mornington, the, the biggest scene there was metalcore. Yeah. So I like I went to high school with like the Carpathian guys. Oh, right, I yeah. used to go to Parkway Drive shows and Prom Queen shows when like there were small bands. Yeah. Openers. Like exactly. Yeah. And I never felt like I fit in. And it it was so heartbreaking because I was genuinely there Every time the bands played, you know, yeah. my twin sister and I were like the the girls who were there like every weekend. We were the biggest fans of bands like that, which I look back on now and I cringe at because I hate metalcore with a passion. I think it's just the most sexist scene. It's disgusting, you know. So I want somebody to prove me wrong one day, but yeah. I don't think there's much of an argument there. And... I remember, like, seeing... It is, it is a very... Bo- I mean, yeah, it's like, a boys Walls club. of Jericho were a band that really stood out to me. I remember getting an yeah. alternative press. I think it was alternative press magazine from the newsagents when I was, like, seven, 16, 17. Yep. And I became obsessed with them because they were the only metalcore scene of that time that had a, a female member. Mm. Maybe Code Orange as well. But they weren't really a band that I grew up listening to. Yeah. Like, Walls of Jericho were one that I listened to on repeat. Like, yep. I love them. But, you know, seeing that, it was, it, it was, it blew, it, it knocked my socks off. Like, yeah. I saw this photo of this band with a girl, and I could not believe that there was a metalcore band with a, a female member. Yeah. Because, like, so many of the lyrics in metalcore bands of that time were incredibly sexist. Incredibly derogatory, calling women bitches, putting down women for like breaking their hearts. Like, yeah. oh yeah, you're a cis white man. Like, your life is so fucking hard, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. you want to hear my problems? Yeah. You know, like, it's just gross. But like, I I still love the music because I was like, I was a lot more naive back then, yeah. and yeah. like, just was so passionate about music. I'd put it to the side, and it wasn't. This is again, this is coming from a cis white cis white male saying it, but like. It wasn't that conversation was definitely not on the forefront. No, or like it wasn't. In, it wasn't in the the zeitgeist as heavily as it is now. No. So it was just like, well, you know, like a, a really good example to kind of pivot is like Blink One Eight Two. A lot of their shit is like you just read the lyrics and go, "How the fuck did they ever get away with saying this?" Like a lyric, I like, know, right? Like I want a girl that I can train. It's like, how did you guys? How did no one ever call you out on that? I can't but believe like, you're saying that right now. I was literally having this conversation about seven days ago. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like, but I can't, I can't listen to that band. I, I don't listen to that band. And I'm not a lyrics guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, I listen to the music and go, yeah, that's what it is. And there's a melody and da-da-da-da. But, like, yeah, if you sit down and really read the music, you're like, oh, this is so problematic. But as, like, a 14, 15... Even an eighteen-year-old kid—that's not on the radar. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. And especially being a guy, just like, yeah, he's just having girl problems. It's like, no, 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 no. He's the problem. Yeah, they're the problem. Uh, that's the thing. Yeah. And like, 
because of seeing like so many men and like the way that they would sing about women and treat women at shows, like I just, I always felt on the outer and it was really sad because I was one of the reasons why their bands were doing well. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I was a contributing factor. Yeah. But I, I always felt like really intimidated to go to the shows as well. And like, I remember there was this one band that um, very, very ironically, Michael Crafter was the manager of. And they were called, I'm going to say Circle the Sky. Okay. Might be wrong. And they had a female vocalist and she was amazing. And like, it was so inspiring to see. It was so refreshing and I would dream of one day doing that. Okay. I knew one day I could do it. Yep. But the, the defining factor for me was going to Livid Festival. It was 2001. No. Yeah, about 2003 maybe. Okay. Anyway, it's like 15, 16 or something. And I went to Livid and Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs were playing it. I've never heard of them. Yep. They just released Fever to Tell, my favourite album from them, and I saw Karen O on stage and I was like, I will sing for a band. That's fantastic. One day I will. She was the... Uh, she summed up, like, feminism for me. She yeah. summed up, like the, like, the most talented person I've ever seen. And I started, like, dressing really similar to her and I'd, like, sing at, like, house parties. Like, my friends would, like, do a silly band and I'd, like, front the band. Yeah. And, like, my twin sister and I would talk about it, like, every day in our rooms. She got a guitar for Christmas one year and, like, we'd play guitar. Like, she'd play guitar and I'd write lyrics and we'd be like, awesome. we're going to do a band. We're going to move to the city. We're going to do a band. Like, when we're, like, 16, 17. Yep. And... Like, it's so amazing because it did happen. Like, it took me a few years, but it did happen. Was the concept of, like, from a young age was, like, we have to get out of Mornington. Like, was that the goal? Yeah, like yeah. Like, it was just... Absolutely. Yeah. Like, we would we were escaping to the city, like, every, like, anyhow. second weekend. Yeah. Um, or every weekend. And, like, we met all these friends. Like, we went... My uncle took me to Meredith. You know Meredith Music Festival? Yeah, yeah, yep. the... yeah. like, a big music festival in Victoria. It's like a 5,000 cap festival. It's similar to like Falls Festival. I was about to say, it's like in it's the middle of nowhere much smaller. Yeah, in yeah. the middle of nowhere. It's like three-hour drive out of Melbourne. It's yep. this really cool festival. I was 16. People who go there generally are like 25 to 40. Yep. My and uncle took my twin sister and I. He like throwing us in the deep end. He's like, come on, you're going to this festival. I had the best time in my life. Awesome. And there were these other kids there who were, like, 15 and, like, because they were the only young yep. kids there. Like, my twin sister and I, like, made friends with these guys and we... Were they there because someone Their had parents taken them? were yep. there too, yeah. Yep. And, like, we became mates. We got, like, wasted on, like, UDLs or As whatever. And then we found out they were, like, they'd go to, like, punk shows in the city. And, like, so every weekend we'd go up and, like, visit them and go to these cool parties. Fantastic. And go to shows with them and... I just knew I was going to live in, like, the CBD, you know? Like, I knew it. And so what age did you, quote-unquote, get out? Uh, Like, pretty much maybe, like, two months after I turned 18. Wow, you were just gone. Did you... Sorry. Did you you go study or just, like, what was the... Yeah, I, um... Uh, like we, my twin sister and I had a very bad relationship with our father, so we yep. knew we had to leave. But also, I was studying theatre studies. Okay. Well. Yeah, in South Yarra. So we, when we were eighteen, we just packed up our shit, 
drove to the city, like moved in with some friends for like the first like six months, just like slept on couches and stuff, lived yeah. out of our car, did it very unorganised, very DIY, bit of a desperate situation to get out though. Yeah. Won't go into details, but yeah, we're living out of a car for like six months and then, but luckily we had friends living up there. So, um, and then we found, my twin sister got a tattoo apprenticeship and we lived on top of a tattoo shop for like a year. Okay. In like a proper house. Yep. And then, yeah, since then, like I've never ever gone back. Like I've, I visit Mornington sometimes because my friends still live there. Like yep. my best friend still lives down there, but we like never looked back. Yeah, just lit a match. And yeah. F- yep. Flying. Boom. Boom. <laughs> okay, so were there any acts at Meredith Festival that hit you the same way as like what the years did or was it just the... That that time of my life, I was very sure of like the music I liked yep. and who I was, and it was. But it was the experience of being there, like okay. with my uncle and all his friends, and like meeting these like little punk guys from the city. That I was like, this is who I am. Yeah. Like, I don't want to live in Mornington anymore. Yep. Like, you know, I'm gonna go back to school on Monday and like talk to like my friends about it, and they're not gonna know where I was, and like they're not gonna yeah. get it. Absolutely, they, they played netball. Like, yeah, and exa- there's nothing wrong exactly. with netball. Yeah, they, you yeah. know the vibe. Yeah. You know the vibe. Yeah. I grew up in suburbia. Yeah, yeah. and I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I want to break out of it. And yeah. like, yeah, it's just, it was very much like yeah, yeah, yeahs, and that whole scene of music that inspired like who I am as a vocalist today so did you did you go down like a Carano hole of like rabbit hole of music and that whole right well that right girl style of music or did you yeah for sure my twin sister is incredibly incredibly into riot girl music like from the riot girl movement like from um you know bikini kill and like all of those bands that were like a big yeah the girls at the front she could like list off every fucking band like yeah. Slater Kinney and like whoever but um I, I definitely would say yeah yeah this is a riot girl but they're like sorry but they're an yeah, extension of that yeah kind of, like yeah, that more of the progression of, yeah, yeah and you know I um from them yeah I was very much into like more alternative stuff but also like obsessed with punk and yeah. metal and like the heavier stuff too Sick. so let's pick a song that kind of encapsulates that part of your life, I guess. Um, definitely, yeah, 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 is why I control. Awesome. Let's do it.
you're in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Your sister's a tattooist. You're, I guess you're, sorry, apprentice tattooist. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. You're studying theatre. Mm-hmm. What, was, was there an early, with theatre, well, like, was it something that kind of, I guess, went hand in hand with the performance, the musical performance thing? Or, like, was theatre maybe the goal first? Like, some kind of acting was the goal first and then it kind of... Um, Definitely. I always knew I was going to be a performer. Yep. But I had this weird, like, conflict, like a personal conflict because I really loved theatre, but I also really loved music and I knew I wanted to front a band. So while I was studying, so I did a theatre course and then I took a couple of years off and then I did an actual acting course. Oh, right. So the theatre course was just more like looking at all kinds of theatre, like from production to design to acting, whereas the acting course was acting. It was an advanced diploma of acting at the National Theatre. And I studied that for three years. It was very, very intense training. Three years, five days a week, Monday to Friday, voice, text, like screen, script, like everything. And I became really serious about it. But there was a part of it that I just knew it wasn't me because I was... I was doing that during the days, but then, like, on the weekends, I'd be going, like, these heavy metal shows. And at that time, I became really obsessed with Norwegian black metal. And I actually, like, I saw, like, I always, like, knew of some of the bigger bands, but I, like, I saw, like, you know, images of them and, like, read so much about them and watched documentaries about them. And I, I went to Norway in 2011 for three weeks because I was, I'm, I was that obsessed with Norwegian black metal. I went to, like, all of the places where, like, all the bands were from. I went to Helvete, and I don't the, know if you know Is what. that the record store? Yep. Yep. It's now a cafe. In oh, like cool. a real, okay. like, suburban area of Norway. It's very strange. But is it still... It's, are they still flying the same flag? Um, no, or? no. Like, the cafe is, like, a normie cafe. Oh, right. Like, okay. it's, it's... No one would know it was there unless you... Like, I went on those, like, heavy metal, like, underground yeah. blo- like blogs and, like, went to... Um, the, the really famous bar, it's not open anymore, unfortunately. Okay. I've, sorry, the name has completely gone from my mind. Elm, Elm Street. Okay. I um, went to Elm Street yep. and I went to like um, Nessie Blood Records and I actually got an original Slayer zine. Slayer zines were like the zines that the Norwegian black metal community created yeah. in the 80s when black metal was becoming a big thing. Okay. And I got like an original zine. So you just, and, so like that was a, to use a really, no, not bad word, but like a lame word, that was a pilgrimage. Yeah, like yeah, you totally. Had, you just went, I need to, I need to see, I, I need, need to, to see it. Research it. Yeah. I need to go there. I went to Euronymous's grave. Okay. In, it's a, a, in a small town out of Oslo. It's called She. It's pronu- it's um, spelled like S K I. Yep. I think. But the pronunciation is she. Yep. And I had this friend of a friend, this older guy who, like, is a lovely man who um, let my twin sister and I stay there and he drove She us. went with you? Yeah, she went with wow. me. And I had this, um, like, moment of, like, going to this graveyard because I wanted to visit Euron. Do you know who Euronymous is? For the for those it's, playing at home. I, like, I don't want to say it because I'll probably be wrong, but I, I assume it's the... It's the guy that got shot and yeah. he's on the album cover. He got – no, no, so that's dead. So, right, okay. So a little bit of history on Mayhem, on everybody. Me. So Mayhem, obviously Norwegian black metal band, they're very, very famous. Their original singer, his name was Dead, he is the one who shot himself in the head for the cover of Dawn of the Black Hearts. Yep. And the um, 
one of the members found him and took the photo and put it on the EP. Yep. Completely unrelated, a few years later, Euronymous worked at Halvete Records. He was the um, bass player of Mayhem. Oh, sorry, he was the guitarist of Mayhem and their bass player, Varg, who now is the singer of Burzum. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Euronymous owed Varg money for something. Yep. One night, Varg drove to his house like three hours away and went to his house, knocked on his door and stabbed him stabbed to him. death. Yeah. So Euronymous is now buried in She because that's where they were living. Yeah. And I actually drove also in She. I drove past the house where Dead shot himself in the head. So I saw the house yeah. where they all lived because they all lived in like a share house. And then I went to the grave, like out of respect, because I was obsessed with these bands. This was none of this was disrespectful. Like me, yeah. like oh yeah, I went and saw and like selfies and shit. Yeah, none of that. I saw, yeah, yeah, none of that. I just yeah. wanted to see it, like because yeah. I was so infatuated. Like because with black metal, like the the amazing thing about it is they live and breathe it. You know, like more than like the only music that I can kind of think most like maybe yeah. maybe like revivalist punk rock. Yeah. But that's about it. But it, like it's everyone else has downtime amazing. from what they're doing. Amazing, yeah. and like I, being in Norway, like you really get it. Like it's okay. it's gnarly how like it's dark. The se- how seasonal and like the like the scenery as well. Like it's so you feel so immersed in that okay. culture, and like you get why the music sounds the way it does being there. And um, so I went. I went to Euronymous's gravesite, and like when we got to the the um, cemetery, it was pretty small cemetery, but there was still like a couple hundred graves. Yeah. And so like I got there, and I like read all these blogs about how to get there, and there was this beautiful little like chapel in there, and the, just saying to everybody as well, I'm not religious in any way, shape, or form. I went to a religious high school, and it's taught me why not to be religious yep, so you. I'm not religious at all I just appreciate the old architecture of the buildings yeah. and I was in the cemetery and I was like oh I, like where is it gonna be and I just like started walking and then just like this kind of spiritual experience I just walked to the grave like I just wow. found it and I like just I couldn't believe I was looking at it like I'd read so much about these bands that to me they were like the coolest biggest most famous like rock stars and like I was here at Euronymous's grave like and it just it broke my heart like that these people treated each other like that and like yeah. this guy died and it like I was a huge Burzum fan and after that I just never listened to Burzum again like it's it's not cool like what happened yeah that's I, I don't yeah so how do it, you how do you hit how do you, how does that come like how does that style of music come across your path to then be that in I mean actually no I don't, I, I get why you'd be coming like wrapped up in something like completely immerse yourself in something but like what how did you how did you come across that how did you come well, across Norwegian black metal it was always being like because it's still like even an I mean, extremist like I wanted to yeah. be the biggest fan I, I was, was the most obsessed with music and this was. I'd listened to so much heavy music growing up, like so much hardcore, so much punk, so much metal. This was the heaviest. Because even like, so they've just done the movie on it, like the movie about it, which I, I, I won't. I, I haven't, haven't even seen. bothered watching. It's, it, yeah, I can't, can't imagine it being that great. <laughs> but like, m- take the movie out of the equation. It is still like in a day and age where Slayer are on 
a late night show or like mm. that kind of thing. Like, or, you know, it's acceptable and you can buy a, a Slayer onesie or whatever. Like, Norwegian black metal is still right, like, right on the fringe. Yeah. Like, so, and, and has never really come close to center. Like, That's and, what you know, I loved about it because I'd, I've always grown up being the person who didn't really fit in yeah. and being the person who liked the weird stuff. And then being in the city and, like, finally, like, there's lots of alternative people around and I wanted to like the most extreme metal you could fucking like because I was always like that. Like, in yeah. Mornington, to, like, a band like, yeah, 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 that's really weird. Yeah. And then to, like, move to the city and, like, finally fit in, I think I, it was, like, this psychological thing of being like, no, nah, I'm going to be one step ahead and like this ba- these bands that are so extreme and so not cool and just, like, whatever, like, I'm going to be the biggest fan and, like, genuinely, like, for a few years there, I was the biggest fan. And, like, it's, it's, like, it's good for the bands now, but it's unfortunate for somebody like me who liked them so many years ago and it wasn't cool. Yeah. Now they're so trendy to like. Like, you see every hipster in but it is wearing it a, is a fad. t-shirt. It's definitely, like, that part of it's definitely Pisses a fad. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. this is always going to happen with cool stuff, hey? Yeah. It always, the cream always rises. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So let's talk about, I guess... How Pagan came about, if that's cool. Like, yeah, is, yeah. Unless I'm missing something. No, yeah. not at all. So um, from, yeah, like after visiting Norway, ironically, it like made me chill out a bit on the Norwegian black metal stuff. And like these days I listen to like a lot of softer music, if yep. anything, a lot more pop music, like punky stuff. Like I just love checking out local bands and, like, being so blessed to be on tour and watch bands who play with us. It's yeah. awesome. Um, but Pagan came about because my twin sister and I did, like, happy ending to the story. We did start a band. Fantastic. What was it we, called? We were called Little Lamb and the Rosemary's. Unreal. We were, like, a riot girl sounding. It's like if Black Flag and Bikini Kill had a baby, that would be Little Lamb and the Rosemary's. Awesome. Um, is, we, that a, is, that, um, is that a heavily religious like, is there religious connotations to the name? Oh, no. How no? no. Okay, fair enough. No. Weird that you asked that, though, because I did this awesome photo shoot. My best friend is an amazing photographer, and she did a photo of me in, like, a Virgin Mary headpiece okay. holding, like, my childhood toy as, like, a little lamby, and I was holding the lamby in the photo, and it's really, really just looking. Yeah. But, no, I, I don't ever... Like, I religion just yep. is no, nothing I'm enough. interested in. I'm interested in to educate myself on why I don't like it. Yeah, yep. But nothing really. Just it was about like my love of this childhood toy. Well, okay, yeah, fair. I just, I just hear I, that, and, and I just love lambs. They're like yeah. my favorite animal. I just think the whole the Jesus, mm. like Jesus being a shepherd. Well, it's the, a good the whole guess. shepherd thing, yeah. and then Rosemary being something to do with Catholicism that I don't know. But like, I guess how? What do you do? You count your rosemaries? Is that a thing? I think so. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's a good guess. Yeah, but that's a no, I was completely yeah. about my as a homage to my childhood toy. Have you still got it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I sleep with her every night. My Fantastic. boyfriend has to sleep with her in the bed too. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so we did this band, and we it was the best. It was the best thing for me because I spent all of my early 20s being too scared to start a band and then I was doing this acting training and I was like hey I 
I can get on a stage. I can perform better than half of the bands I watch down at the local pub. In my opinion, yeah, sorry. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. that's the trick. Like, And I was yeah. just like, I'm brave enough to do this. I've done years of vocal training. I can use my voice in ways that some people might not be able to. All the pieces are in place. So, yeah, so I started doing it. And, like, you know, we did all these DIY punk shows and it was awesome and it was fun and it was the best introduction to being in a band possible because... I learned, you know, what it's like to go to band practice every week, what it's like to load in, load out of a venue, how to organise a gig, like all that stuff that you only learn when you're doing it. You can't learn it any other way. Yeah. There's no course for it. I did did that band for maybe like two and a half years and then Dan was the bass player of Little Lamb, who's the bass player of Pagan as well, and he loved my songwriting and like I was, Little Lamb the Rose was very much my baby, like I wrote all the songs. Cool. And then Olivia would write guitar and the rest of the band would pick it up from there. I did everything, like, in terms of the creative stuff. And from there, yeah, Dan asked me to join Pagan with, like, these two guys who I I knew were Dan's really good friends, Matt and Xavier, and I'd met them a hand, like, well, maybe twice. And I was like, yeah, I want to be a screaming front, front person. Yep. I want to, like, be somebody who's like in a band who can actually scream and actually perform and like I want to like show like people that I can do it and and that anyone can and anyone yeah, can do it as anyone well. can do yeah. it and like I had just finished acting school and like I was getting heaps of auditions and stuff and I didn't want to fuck my voice I was like in this big bit of like a weird place but I was like nah I gotta do this like this is what I want to do yeah so then, yeah, that's that's kind of how it started. Like, that's Dan awesome. just wanted to create a band with, like, three people who he, like, was obsessed with as musicians and yeah. also as friends. Yeah. And, like, I remember the first time I actually probably hung out with Matt and Zave, we, like, had like, a bit of a party night on cocktails and, like, shit-talking. And from the minute we spent that night together, we were, like, best friends. Awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. That's textbook fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I guess we're, like... You're, we said before we hit record, and it, by the time this comes out, you, it might have been already happened, but, like, mm-hmm. um, you, you're going on tour to Europe in a sure few days, are. which is pretty rad. Sorry. What else have you got happen? Oh, actually, no, let's talk about the album. Um, yes. Like, how did it all go down? Where was it recorded? All that kind of jazz. It was, it, it was amazing. We never thought we were going to do an album. Yeah. When we started as a band, we thought we were going to do something very... Different. We thought we were going to record 13 separate singles and then eventually put them on an LP, which would have been a really expensive and time-consuming time way of doing something. Yeah. Anyway, but like it's a fantastic that was the idea. idea. Yeah. Like Pagan have never stuck to a formula. We've yep. always said we want to do what we want to do as a band. Yeah. And we never wanted, we've never wanted to be anything. We've just wanted to be a band that creates stuff that we as individuals like and that is true to us. And we were in a really um, good position where somebody offered us a deal to do an album yeah. and we said, eh. we said, I don't know, for probably about 30 seconds and then we said, all right, we'd be silly not to. Yep. And so we got together with our very, very dear friend. He's like our family. We, we'd recorded some of the singles with him. His name's Mike Deslans. He plays in High Tension. Oh, yeah, Uber. of course. Yeah, yeah. He records like Tropical Fuck Storm. He's... He records all of the best. Yeah. Like, he, he recorded High Tensions album. He's freaking amazing. Um, so we 
like worked with him and we all trust him and love him so much that he just is a part of Pagan. Yeah. And then the album came out and we had no expectations and then, you know, a few months later we're going to Europe. So pretty amazing stuff. It's, it's nothing stuff. any of us would have ever imagined when we started Pagan. Pagan was a passion project, you yep. know, it was just a group of friends wanting to do a band. But with, in saying that, with Pagan, we never wanted to be a band who was playing the local pub every Thursday night. Yeah. We were a band who were like, we're only going to play shows that are beneficial. Yeah. There was ambition there. There was ambition. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's arrogance, but there was like a little bit of like something to, for us to turn down a lot of stuff. Yeah. Just well, so, we were, saying no to stuff is, I think it's a, just I as think powerful it's a positive as saying thing. yes. Yeah. It depends on the band, but I think yeah, it's a positive true. thing. Yeah. And it works for us. Mm. Um, but, but saying that, like, you know, gone are the days of early 2000s and, you know, prior to... Well, I hate I hate bringing this up, but, like, pre-social media, where you had to. There you was had to no play every yeah. show. Yeah. Now it's it's a lot more streamlined. Yeah. If you've got it, people will see it. Like, And I love that that is a thing and it yeah. was a thing and I admire bands who do that completely yeah. and I actually think Little Lamb and the Rosemary's were kind of a band like that we'd okay. play like every offer we were given and that was really good because I got that experience yep. and the boys have all come from they yeah. were they've all been playing bands they've all like done 15. their time as well yeah and because we've all played in bands before Pagan we just knew and we're all in our early third, like like 20s early 30s yep. and we when we started, like now we're all well and truly into our 30s, but we all like, we all had kind of done that and we just, yeah. we're a little bit more like appreciative, like spending a night on the couch. We just didn't want to be playing shows three nights a week. Yep. Just us personally, I nothing on anybody who wants yeah. to. And we all love music though and we all had a good time doing it. So we just wanted to do this band and yeah. Dan had this great idea about it and so that's kind of like how Pagan was born, and now we're going to Europe again for the second time in six months, which, which is, is crazy, ridiculous. Yeah, and nothing I ever in my wildest teenage dreams would have thought I would be doing. Yeah, never, ever, ever, ever. So never say never. That's is it. The moral. Yeah. Yep. And then w- when we get back from Europe, we're um, writing our okay. second album, and that's already coming along well. Good. And then we are off to the Amity Affliction tour. Oh, which wow. will be interesting. Big blast from the past for me. Massive. Yeah. Like, it'll be, it won't be small shows. They'll be yeah, the larger stadiums. shows. Yeah. yeah, so that's cool. We've done stadiums before with Rise Against, which is good. Oh, yeah, good warm-up. Did, and, like, we've you done did the Melbourne? Festivals. Yeah, we did Melbourne, Sydney. Oh, Brisbane. you did the Sydney. All right, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, really Horton. Good. That's yeah. a hell of a venue. Yeah. So good to tour with bands like that. They have the best catering. Yeah, I seriously. can imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's unreal. Sick. Hey, so before we go, thank you so much for spending thank the time. You, Joel. I really appreciate it. It's been a lovely chat. Thank I've had you. a really good time. Awesome. Um, what's a song we can take it out with? What what sums up Nikki in 2019? Um, I would definitely say Peaches Rub off her album Rub is oh. my favorite album ever. And she epitomizes, for me, she epitomizes punk, best perf- live performance, best like original performer, and she is feminism in one word. Can I tell you a weird Peaches story? Please, because I love her. So, my mum was on holidays with her, I don't know if 
they were married at the time, but my stepdad or it, what, who then who is now my stepdad, they're on yeah. holidays together. Somewhere in Southeast Asia, couldn't remember, couldn't tell over the top of my head where, but somewhere in Southeast Asia. And she messages me or emails me or I get in contact with and she goes, oh, do you know Peaches? And I was like, like, I know who she is, but like, why is she on your radar? And she goes, oh, well, we're just at the hotel and we were stuck in this lift with this you girl. You are kidding. She's stuck in the lift with Peaches and like, so they're just chatting. Mum has no idea. Mum like has no musical bone in her body. And Peaches like, yeah, you want to come to the show tonight? She's like, Shut why not? Up. Why not? Because they were playing at the venue that was attached to the hotel. That is yeah. the coolest. Sorry. Was your mum shocked by it? She was, she just, she's just like nothing. She, she can't be shocked. Like, it's just like. I love that. It could be, you know, like her, her offensive is like, it's either offensive or it's not. And if it's offensive, it could be saying fuck or it could be whatever's, you know, extreme, the extreme version of that. Like whatever's really, really far away. It's like, so she's like, oh, okay, it's, it's offensive or, you know, it's, it's confronting. But whatever, like yeah, so, yeah. That's that's the My best hung out with attitude peaches. to have. Yeah. I love that. So, yeah. <laughs> that's the best ending to the story. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. Unreal. Cheers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bitch, rub, 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 rub. Bitch, rub. Tell on my pussy. Whistle, blow my clip. Watch it open up, cause it can't keep a secret. Tell on my pussy, whistle blow my clit. Watch it open up, cause it can't keep a secret. Circle jerk girls who spray. We got a male in the middle and we boo cake. I'm feeling good on an edible. I'm out if the hole is forgettable. Come with me, you know me. Feel free, peachy. Come with me, you know me. Feel free, peachy. Feel free, come with me. Come with me. Feel free, feel free. Come with me. Come with me. Peachy. Rub, 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 rub. Rub, 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 bitch, rub, 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 bitch, rub. One pass them, thumb blast them, fun ask them, numb flask them. One pass them, thumb blast them, fun ask them, numb flask them. Circle jerk girls we play. Another male in the middle, so come on, let's spray. I'm feeling good, no incredible. I'm out just to see if it's gettable. Come with me, you know me. Feel free, peachy. Come with me, you know me. Feel free, peachy. Dick 
is in my mouth can't talk right now this chick's dick is in my mouth can't talk right now this chick's dick is in my mouth can't talk right now this chick's dick is in my mouth rise for me 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 can't talk Again, thank you very much to Nikki. Thank you very much to for giving me the opportunity. Um, I, she's fantastic. That was yeah, that was so honest. She, I had no idea what to expect, but I was completely blown away. Um, thanks to uh, Trad and again the crew at Deathproof PR for making that happen. Um, th- as as she as uh, Nikki announced, well mentioned, they're doing a full tour with the Am- a, a national tour with the Amateur Affliction. So I don't think that's been announced yet. So there's your hot take. Um, if they're in your part of the world, go check it out because it's it'll be fantastic. Um, yeah, again, think this episode's worth a dollar. Send us a buck. Send us two. Send us five. Whatever. My age. Uh, sorry, PayPal.me/slash/myagepodcast. And uh, until next week. Oh, well, not next week, but uh, you know, until the end of the month, I guess. Until we speak soon. Um, take care. Stay safe. That's about it. Cool. To their pockets Everybody wants A box of chocolate In the long stem rose Everybody knows Everybody knows That you love me baby Everybody knows That you really do Everybody knows That you've been faithful Everybody knows you've been discreet, but there were so many people you just had to meet without your clothes. And everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. That's how it
Everybody knows the deal is rotten Old Black Joe's still picking cotton For your ribbons and bows And everybody knows And everybody knows that the plague is coming Everybody knows that it's of the past Everybody knows the scene is dead But there's gonna be a meter on your bed that will disclose What everybody knows And everybody knows that you're in trouble Everybody knows what you've been through Cross on top of Calvary uh, to the beach of Malibu. Everybody knows it's coming upon. Take one last look at this sacred heart before it blows. And everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Everybody knows.